Welcome to the 20th episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we are going to go into an in-depth discussion about the grouping and mischievous Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. Now, as we discuss everything, and I mean everything, here is your one and only spoiler alert. Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? I will attempt to do so. Beep, beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, boop, boop, spoiler alert! And now, on to the show. With the opening scene in Six of Crows, where our crows, aka the dregs, confront the black tips, I think it did well to establish a lot of different things. You have Inej, the wraith, who's jumping across buildings, make sure everyone doesn't die, which is stressful. Don't know how she does it. I can't even keep my laundry folded. (laughs) Same. Um, and then you have Kaz, who is, even though he's not technically the leader of the dregs, you're like, this guy is the leader of the dregs. He's the one doing all the work. The other guy's just taking the credit. He's the kid in the group project who's doing everything. He's the puppet master. (laughs) And then you have, you hear a little bit about Jesper. I feel like the focal point, like, I don't think you get the full weight of who Jesper is in this scene, but you do get a little bit about him, how he's kind of Kaz's second and then you see what happens when you betray Kaz Brecker. Yeah, I mean, the, the this scene is kind of, like, built up, like, oh, no, like, how are they going to get out of it? And, like, Kaz is just like, I know exactly how this is going to play <laughs> He's out. He's like, I've planned this for six years, ever since last night. <laughs> <laughs> but you really do see just, like, how ruthless he is and how, like, if you betray him, you're done for. Maybe even if you're his friend, you're maybe not okay or safe. <laughs> no, like, even even Inej is like, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the trickiest part about Kaz Brecker that is, like you said, set up in this scene, is that you think you know him, but you really don't. You really don't. Any Anytime you think you've maybe figured out his morals... He, he he does something bad. <laughs> he does something where you're like, okay, I actually don't know what he would not do. I mean, in this scene alone, okay, he's talking to the black tips like, hey, don't encroach on our... That's the right word, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Don't encroach on our territory in Fifth Harbor. Like, those people are ours to scam. <laughs> <laughs> we want to trick them. <laughs> don't get in the way of that. <laughs> And then they're, and, you know, the black tips are like, what are you going to do, right? What would Kaz do? <laughs> what would Kaz do? But in that scene, like, we really see how he uses information to his advantage. So the leader, I think his name was Giels, like, Kaz starts talking about, oh, yeah, you know, that little pretty girlfriend of yours. Like, I wonder what would happen to her if you we weren't <laughs> able to make it out of this alive. You know, she's so pretty with her blonde hair, and, like, he states her address, and he's like, huh, and, like, there's a siren that goes off, right? Like, he uses all of this, and so he's doing that to, like, intimidate him to make sure they don't encroach on their territory. But Also so they don't kill them. (laughs) That as well. But he's also trying to, he's exacting revenge on a member of the dregs who betrayed them, who's on, who is there. The guy who betrayed Kaz doesn't know that Kaz knows that he betrayed him. His name's Big Ballinger, by the way. Yeah. So, he betrayed them. 
he betrayed Kaz for the black tits, which is how they, you know, were in, like, in the whole territory and stuff. And so then he's like, you know what? I'm going to make an example out of you. And he did. <laughs> like, basically he had this, basically Kaz had this, like, master plan of, oh, the black tits are going to bribe the guards. I'm going to bribe this one even more. And basically he just shoots Big Bollinger. Yep. Because he betrayed them. He's like, anyone who helps him, get out of my gang. Yep. And just walks out. Like a daddy. <laughs> like a daddy. <laughs> he even has, like, a gun, like, to his freaking chest or head or something. Yeah. And it's just like, do it. Shoot me. <laughs> and it, it's told through Inez's perspective. And you just see, like, her doubt. She's like, what is he doing? Like, how is he going to get out of this? And then, like, she realizes what his plan is. She's like, oh, <laughs> why did I ever doubt him? <laughs> but you also see, like, Jesper's reaction and everything. So it's just, it, it really, it, it's a good scene to establish Kaz's character and, like, his rank and his status and just who he is in Catterdam. Also, I think this scene does well to show that even though Kaz doesn't trust anyone, he also does trust people because he trusts that Inej will be able to do her part in time. He trusts that Jesper will have his back. Like, he, even though he doesn't trust, he also trusts at the same time. Even though he doesn't have morals, he has morals at the same time. Even though he isn't a simp, he is a simp. He is is the biggest simp of all time. It was, it was a good scene. Like, the like the tension was good. Like, the, ooh, what's going to happen? The, the, the Inez's, like, fear of, am I going to get there in time? Like, it was, it, was a good, it was a good scene to start off with. Good opener. Yes. After the whole opening scene, the drags are kind of celebrating because they got the black tips off their turf. And Jesper talks to Kaz for a little bit. Inez talks to Kaz a little bit. Ultimately, Kaz is left alone. At night on the streets of Ketterdam. He's just taking a little stroll. Mm-hmm. You think all is well. Nope. He gets kidnapped. Next thing he knows, he's in Jan Van Eck's office. And Jan Van Eck has a proposal for him. And Jan goes, hey, there's this drug out on the market. It's making Grisha really powerful. It's making Grisha crazy. I say we should capitalize this before someone weaponizes it in a bad way. Kaz is like, I don't care about all that stuff. How much am I going to get for doing this? And Jan's like, I'm going to give you 30 million crew, gay. Well, I think he originally says like... 1 million 10 million, 20 million or something like that. Yeah. And then Kaz is like, mm, I'm going to go kidnap the maker of this drug in the ice court, the most secure fortress in the world... You're giving me $30 million. Yeah. You're, you're asking me to do a lot here. I know my worth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worth $30 million crew gay. Is it crew gay? I thought it was crew good. It's probably that. I, I like crew gay better, though. I do like crew gay. We're going to mispronounce lots of things. We know. We don't necessarily care. Everyone everyone does it. Okay. We're trying our hardest here. I mean, Taylor pronounced Herondale Herondale. So. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> Ultimately, Kaz accepts the deal. But he's going to need a crew. And and he's got a few people in mind. So he goes back to the slat to see his favorite person, who he will not admit is his favorite person. Inesh. Inesh Gaffa. <laughs> not himself. No. <laughs> Inesh. He goes back to tell the leader, the, the, the technical leader of the drugs, 
her Haskell. I might be pronouncing that wrong too. I don't I care. I said Haskell. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the shaky exhale. <laughs> He's basically telling him like, hey, I have a job. It's going to give us the big bucks. I'm not going to be here for a while and I'm going to take a crew. And per Haskell is, is like, okay, fine. Do it. And then, you know, Cass goes back and Edge is trailing him this whole time, you know, spying on him, as she does. She's a wraith. And then the, 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 and, and, and then comes the moment where you kind of start shipping Kaz and Inej. Because they go up to his room. They're kind of like talking, you know. He's being kind of rude and, you know, mocking her. She's kind of <laughs> like, it's a banter kind of thing. And then he just kind of like goes to the bathroom. He's just like taking off his shirt and his gloves and all that crap. And he's just like washing himself. And then Inej is just like, dude. What do I do? <laughs> So can I just say, it is said that Kaz is kind of like ripped. Yeah, like, like uh, just as a side detail. <laughs> doesn't, yeah, you know, just a little just might be a little important. It's fine. And then after talking to Nej, Kaz goes to visit Nina to ask her to be on the crew. Mm. Uh, Nej goes to the Crow Club to to tell one of the dealers that he's fired because he was skimming money. Where we see Jesper have a gambling hall because he has an addiction. It is a bit of a problem. Yeah. Now, as Kaz is talking to Nina, Kaz is like, I know the ultimate thing that will get you on this job. And it's not the cake on your cleavage. It's not the cake on your cleavage. Though that's tempting. (laughs) Not because of your cleavage, but because Because of the the cake. cake. (laughs) He goes, if you do this job, I will give you what you've wanted for like the last year. I will help break Matthias Halvar out of prison, out of Hellgate. Which is a notorious prison because it's really hard to escape and it's quite bloodthirsty over there. And Nina's like, hey, I've been asking you to do this for a year and you're only now going to do it? He's like, yeah, of course. That's who I am. Okay. He's like, I couldn't, like, it's who I am. (laughs) I'm not going to do something for nothing. He wasn't worth anything to me last year. He's worth something to me now. Because Matthias Halvar happens to be a Fjerdin where coincidentally, not really, (laughs) but coincidentally... Is where the ice court is located in Vierda, in his country. So in order to get access to the ice court, they need Matthias's knowledge about said ice court. Yes. So it just kind of works out that Nina, being a Grisha, having the human body Abilities. overpowered... Heart, when, heart render? Yeah. That's the, the word. <laughs> being the heart render she is, it's kind of like... Again, killing two birds with one stone, but really it's like 80. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of stones. He's got a lot of birds. <laughs> he's going to hit them all. <laughs> so what did you think about the breaking Matthias out of Hellgate scene? Damn. Okay. Well, to be honest, not my favorite. Oh, okay. Simply because I don't like Matthias and Nina. <laughs> so it's not even the scene it's just the relationship no the scene Lay- Layward it goes good at like making the scene work yeah uh, kind of like making it flow and like oh this is what we're gonna do and you know the, the, the action and like that whole aspect I just don't like Matthias and Nina as a couple I get that yeah this, I, I'm on the same page <laughs> <laughs> this just, cause I mean when they have this whole thing where they have disguises and they go and then they see Matthias you know fighting He's fighting against wolves. 
which is kind of like really sad because oh, like so sad. in his home country wolves are considered to be sacred they're considered to be family and like nina sees this and she's like no like he, he can't do that but you know he has to survive yeah no he's not the same guy that she knew a year ago and there's that whole thing so Kaz has this whole plan about getting him out and like kind of replacing him with someone else so that you can go do their job but once they get to his cell he sees nina and he's like nina what and you see, like, oh, it's going to be, like, a oh, cute little like moment. He, he loves her, because, yeah. And then he starts choking her. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to kill her almost instantly. And I'm just like, okay, okay. There's a lot of backstory. Yes. There's a lot of backstory that we don't know. And it's obviously going to be a love-hate relationship. But there's just, like, a lot of emotions right now. Don't know if I want to deal with it. <laughs> I'm not emotionally prepared to handle this in this no. moment. No. I think... Like you said, I thought the scene was set up well. Like, I like Hellgate, that setting, and that it's kind of like the the police there aren't good. Like, they're letting these fights happen. They're capitalizing on these fights. And and you see how Matthias has kind of changed from the perception that Nina had of him. Like, she remembers him as being really loyal and very loving and, like, very moral. And then you see him in this setting. He's just super hardcore, and he's having to change and adapt in order to survive and I suppose when I first read Six of Crows this was the first time I've ever read Six of Crows I actually thought that maybe like Nina Matthias their relationship had started in another one of Le Bardugo series mm. and that I maybe had to read that or- series in order to understand this book or something but ultimately throughout the book the Nina Matthias relationship their history is explained but in the beginning, I was a little confused just because it seemed like a continuation of something I wasn't a part of. Yeah. And so, yeah, he he feels all these scenes for her and then he tries to kill her. But it kind of lacks a, sort, a certain gravity for me just because I'm like, I don't know these characters in that way. Like, I've gained the sense that Nina is the flirt. She likes cake. I've gained the sense that Matthias is hardened by prison life. But their relationship, I just, like, I'm kind of thrust into. Mm-hmm. There's not exactly a build-up. Because even the build-up is in the past. So it doesn't feel quite in the present, so I'm not quite with it. Yeah, the it's 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 a very, it's very sudden, the way that you're just kind of thrown into it. Like, you kind of get a hint of it when Kaz is talking to Nina about the job. But it's, I don't think it's enough for you to fully grasp the... The severity of the com- of the relationship, mm. essentially. Um, that's actually probably one of the reasons why I didn't like them as a couple. One, again, like I said, too many emotions for my taste. <laughs> um, okay, let me rephrase that, actually. Let me rephrase that. Too many varying emotions for my taste. Like too many conflicting? Yes. Okay. And it's also just the fact that you're just kind of thrown into it with no knowledge. I think that maybe one of the themes for me personally is that I'm more so told through action what I'm supposed to feel. And what I mean by that is Nina's obviously been trying to get Matthias out of prison for a year. So from those actions, I know that she obviously loves him. But I'm not feeling that on an emotional level. It's just more so, again, kind of like background I have to grasp in the moment and then kind of fill in by myself. For me, it's more of 
I mean, yeah, she could be taking, she could be wanting to get him out because she loves him, or it could just be a guilty conscience. Oh, so it may not even be like truly it may not even be that romantic. So I mean, there there's the hint of oh maybe it is, but there's no confirmation. Mm. It's funny though because I think with Six of Crows, you know, just from my, from what I've seen online and stuff, that you either really love Nina Matthias or you really love Kazanenesh. Everyone just likes Wyland and Jesper. <laughs> <laughs> there's no argument there. Um, it's true. We we I feel, Taylor and I are Kazan and Edge people. Yeah. So if we're a little biased, sorry about it. I'm not. We'll try to we'll try to treat it fairly. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but just because I think with Kazan and Edge in Six of Crows, you're able to see the relationship in the present build rather than with Nina and Matthias having to be kind of flashbacked to things that have already happened. True. I mean Kazan and Edge have a couple of flashbacks. I mean, they have one. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. No, yeah. Because, like, with Kaz and Inej, if it's like, oh, a year ago, I confronted Inej about wanting to love her, and she said, oh, I will have you without armor. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's great, but I'm not there. There, yeah. I, I'm, I like to be there with romance. I want to be the third person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's also, Kaz and Inej just have the type of relationship that I love. Mm. It's the the... They have more emotional vulnerability between them than Matthias and Nina do. Mm. It's not so physical. It's they literally I mean, it can't literally be is not, not physical, physical at all. Like it's literally just through like their trust of each other, the longing looks, <laughs> <laughs> the unsaid said, <laughs> the subtle actions. It's just it's all it's very slow burn. Like I love a slow burn. Yeah. No. And if people say they like slow burn, they don't like slow burn. Okay? They like... They like a little bit of... A little background, a little bit of chemistry, and then all of it at once. Yeah. I love it when it's just, like, drawn out. Mm. Which is exactly what Kaz and Inej are. For specific reasons, though. Mm-hmm. It's not just drawn out to be drawn out. Like, there's a reason why, like, they're not getting together immediately. The purpose is not just to put me on the edge of my seat. It's because these characters need time to be that for each other yeah also i really like uh kind of like partners in crime kind of thing oh yeah yeah like where you have so many years of working together that you kind of have identified certain people's habits and what they do and you kind of know what they're feeling even if they're not saying it just because you've seen them in all sorts of different situations or you know like what to do without even saying it yeah and for me nina matthias it just doesn't feel as intimate yeah because well i mean one like Matthias hates Nina for like two thirds of the book because <laughs> he blames being in prison on her, which I mean is it's pretty justified, fair. yeah. Um, and for Nina and Matthias, it just more so feels like they're just waiting to kiss, but with Kaz and Nanesh, it's like no, I'm ready, I'm waiting to love in the way you need me to. Ooh, ah! <laughs> I don't know what that was. Excuse me. It's also the fact that they have very different beliefs and the fact that, you know, Matthias was raised to murder people like Nina. Yeah, murder Grisha. Yeah. Because, okay, thing with Matthias and Nina, individually, I actually like their characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually really like Matthias' character yeah, and I like, do what he does to the story. Mm-hmm. I just don't like them as a couple. Yeah. I don't like them together. I like them separate. I like 
Matthias more than I like Nina. That's nothing against Nina. I just think I kind of like Matthias's journey more. Yeah. Because Nina, I think, like, out of everyone, Nina probably actually stays the most consistent, uh, like, She doesn't arc-wise. change much, yeah. yeah. Um, I also like how Matthias sees Cassidy's, like, demon. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no doubt. He's like, he's a demon. <laughs> well, that's the thing with Six of Crows. I mean, you have, like, your romantic couples. You have your Kinez, your, I don't know what Matthias and Nina's couple name is, but then. I think it's, um, Mina. What? Like, M-I-N-A. Why wouldn't it be Matina, weirdos? Oh, actually, maybe that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Whatever they come in. And then there's Wesper. Yeah. Wesper. So there's, like, the romantic couples, right? But then you also see the dynamics between everyone else. You see Kaz and Nina. You see Kaz and Matthias. You see Kaz and Jesper. Or you see Jesper and Inej. Oh, Jesper and Inej get me. They're so cute. They're their sister kind of thing. So it's also, like, you really like to see the couples, but you also just like to see the friendships and the dynamics between each different crow. Like, each different character, each of the crows has such individuality and character to them that you kind of love each of them. Because um, Matthias and Inej kind of connect because they kind of have not similar morals, but, like, they have morals. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they have, they both have, like, a religious background. And they both have, like, a god or a deity that they believe in. Yeah. Like, they themselves are just kind of spiritual people, mm-hmm. I'd say. And then, like, even Nina and Inej kind of have, like, a sisterhood thing going on. Best friends. Jesper and Inej have kind of a brother-sister thing. And then even Jesper and Kaz kind of have, like, a little brother. romance going on. Um, Ka- Wylan and Kaz have a father-son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reluctant father, <laughs> reluctant son. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's cute to see, like, all of them. And, like, you are, you're, you are genuinely invested in the characters. hmm Which is, you know, you, it cannot be said for many books. Like, I cannot think of many books where I was invested in almost every single character. I also think something that's really important when you have a lot of characters and, like, a lot of perspectives is just that they feel different from each other. So even though, yeah, like, Matthias and Nash are super spiritual... Their perspectives are really different. Maybe partly because Matthias is like, oh, in my dream with Nina, I did almost everything. <laughs> Even kill her. <laughs> and then it's just like, I didn't do that. <laughs> and this is just like, what am I doing here? Why am I still with Kaz? But like each person feels separate. Like yeah. Kaz is the little evil mastermind who's hot. <laughs> just add that in every time. <laughs> He's... Dude, he's ripped. Is he's ruthless? He has a soft spot for one person. <laughs> what more do you want? And then you know, Jesper's the guns. Matthias is the muscle. Nina's the flirt, and Edge is the backbone of the entire operation. Yes, but Jesper's kind of a flirt. He kind is kind of. of a flirt. That's true. He, he is one. And then you know, uh, Wylin is the kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's a child. hostage. <laughs> No, one of my favorite things that Cass has said is, well, well, when he's putting the crew together, right, he has, he gets Nina and Matthias and Inej and Jesper, you know, like, they all make sense. Mm. Even to each other. Yeah. But, like, they bring Wylan in. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like, why is Wylan here? Like, why have you been protecting him for the past three months? Okay? That doesn't make any sense. And so finally, like, we discover, you know, Wylan is Jean Van Eck's son. Yeah. Who was, you know, kind of cast out. 
yeah. Uh, was almost killed. <laughs> and so he joins the drags because he is the son of a merchant, you know, pr- pretty powerful person in Ketterdam. Uh, he thinks he's there because he can. he's pretty good at demolition. Castle's like, nope, you're you're decent <laughs> at best. Castle literally says, you're passable at demolition. You're excellent at hostage. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it's just, oh, gosh. I think that's, like, the first scene where, like, we really, like, see all the crows together. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and it's just so funny to see because, you know, that you have, like, Nina who's like, yeah, I don't even know why Wyland is, like, in the drags or everything. And you just see, like, all their interactions, and it's just, like, it's a great scene. Yeah. It's just, it just makes me laugh, too. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, since we're kind of on the topics of, the topic of um, couples, you know, we talked about Nina, Matthias, and yeah. Kaz and Inej. Um, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> You know, some people may be wondering, you know, hey, what do you guys think about Jesper and Wyland? You know, because they have some flirtation throughout the book. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I misread some things. <laughs> so, when Wyland was introduced, everyone was super patronizing toward him. And everyone was kind of like, like they poked fun at his age and stuff. And I was like, okay, the whole crew themselves, they're they're young. Like, Kaz is like, what, 17? Yeah. So, when they were making fun of Wyland's age, I thought this guy was, like, 12. (laughs) And when they were patronizing him, I was like, okay, maybe he's 10. (laughs) And so, when uh, Jesper had some flirtations with Wyland and stuff, I was kind of like, this is, um, illegal. (laughs) He's flirting with, like, a 10-year-old. And it wasn't toward the end of the book, I think until, like, it actually said Wyland's age. So I was like, oh, he's, like, 16. (laughs) He's not 10 years old. So I thought there was, like, some (laughs) legality issues involved. (laughs) I did it. Some moral. I I, I really misread some things there. So I love love Jesper and Wyland, but, like, that kind of blocks me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Taylor can't get over that. No. (laughs) Like... I was convinced of it for, like, 400 pages. <laughs> what I actually love about just... I didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> you read it right. <laughs> you didn't screw it up. <laughs> but I actually, like, Wylan and Jesper's relationship was actually... was probably the most comedic one. Yeah. But surprisingly, also the most stable. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most, uh, safe. Yes. <laughs> Like, I don't, they're actually a really pretty cute couple, I'm going to say, just like straight up. Like, I don't think you think this. <laughs> I, I, well, just in my mind, he's 10. <laughs> I, I can't get over it. Like, I just, I, I they are, they are a cute couple. And it's just, it just makes me laugh how, one, you thought that. <laughs> and two, it's just, they have, they have their moments where it's just like, Wyland's like the blushy one, you know. Jesper's just like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm super hot. Like I know it. It's, it's a good, it's, a, it's a good dynamic. No, I think it's a great dynamic. I love them. Like I said, though, there was just some mental blocks <laughs> in the way. <laughs> There's some blockage. I just, I was like, this is not good. <laughs> no. 
Oh, but can I? Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I need to get this out. If Go I don't get it. it out, I'm gonna the Kanej moment. The Kanej moment. Oh my gosh. Okay, first, I mean, we already talked about this one where they're in his room, you know, and he takes his gloves off and everything. And at that point, we don't really understand why Kaz has his gloves on, or you know, why he's so like guarded or everything. But basically, like, he can't touch people. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> Kaz. <laughs> Has kind of a tragic backstory where he gets scammed. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It's just everything he loves. (laughs) His whole uh, foundation for revenge. (laughs) Kind of. His source of trauma. (laughs) Well, basically, you know, his father dies in a tractor accident on their farm. Him and his brother go to Ketterdam. They get scammed out of all their money. Then they get the plague. <laughs> yeah. And um, his brother dies. His old, Kaz's older brother dies. And they think that Kaz died too. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, so Kaz, still alive, mm-hmm. gets sent onto this ship of rotting corpses. Yeah. Of plague-ridden rotting corpses. Mm-hmm. And he's just surrounded by them. And he's trying to get out. And he's trying to get out. And eventually he gets to the water, but, you know, he can't swim, so he uses his brother's dead body as a flotation device. Yeah. So, you know, pretty traumatizing. Yeah, and after, you know, that backstory, that's when... No, never mind. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> but basically, that's that, that's basically, like, he can't touch people. Like, he has, like, that severe trauma of, like, if I touch someone, it's like t- I'm touching a rotten corpse. Um, But in the... And you don't know that in the first scene, but in that first scene, like, he takes his gloves off in front of Inej. I mean, he takes his shirt off, but, like, he takes his <laughs> gloves off in front of Inej, mm-hmm. which he doesn't do. Yeah. You know, people, people, like, come up with rumors and everything, like, oh, he has, like, his hands are so stained with blood, mm-hmm. you know, or he has, like, a spiny thumb. Yeah. And he, he lives by the rumors. He, the rumors are just another fortification to his guarded personality. Exactly. He needs the stories. But in those moments, like, Inej is a person who is behind all that. She, she knows, like, what his hands look like. So, like, she, she is the closest to him because he lets her. Yeah. And that's, like, that's, like, the first moment, you know? And that's, like, I literally started shipping them in that first moment. <laughs> I was, like, Ooh. It's time! <laughs> you know, they just kind of, I mean, they all, they have their partner in crime thing. But the really big moment, right, is what happens when they're trying to get to their ship in order to go into the heist. Mm-hmm. Except they get surrounded by... Basically all the gangs. Yeah. Like Dam. Yeah. You know, they're severely outnumbered. And Inesh has just come back from, like, getting their supplies. And, you know, she's, like, she fought them off and everything. But then she gets stabbed by this creepy-ass dude. Yep. <laughs> His name is Uman. Wait, Uman? Uman. And, you know, she's just kind of, like, trying to climb up. She's, like, she's, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be taken by them. You know, if I, if I have to die here, then I will. It's, like... She's going to kill herself before she lets them take her. Thank you. Except, except, once she gets, like, to the top where, you know, she feels like she's she's okay to, you know... Die. Die. She's about to, like, stab herself in the knife. <laughs> this sounds terrible. Um, she feels like... She feels someone, like, grab her hand and, like, take it out. Take the knife out and then you, you realize it's Kaz. Mm-hmm. Like, Kaz has come to the rescue. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what's happening here? And then he just kind of, like, picks her up. Yep. And it's just, like, hops down with mm-hmm. his 
oh, by the way, you know, you know how Kaz is crippled? Yeah. Yeah, doesn't have his cane. Yeah. He, he, he climbed all of those little boarded boxes where she was with a limp, and it hurts him. Yeah. And then he carries her all the way. He has his, the, the, like, the conversation. Right? Like, he's holding her, and he's like, you know, just, just, just make it. Just make it to the boat. Yeah. Or I think they call it a schooner. Something like that. Make it to the thing. Make it to the thing. <laughs> right? She's talking, and she, she's like, oh, did, did we win? He's like, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> just, just like the batch of the things, and he's like, open your damn eyes. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> that moment get like, I, I reread that moment all the time. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. All the time. Just because, again, through action, he's just showing how much she means to him. And he doesn't, at this point, he doesn't even realize it. No, he doesn't. And, but it's like this moment kind of spurs on that he realizes that he wouldn't just do this for anyone. No. Actually, he would do this for no one. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of goes against everything he believes. I mean, Cass totally believes in, yeah. Self-preservation. Yeah. Leave someone behind. If it's better for me, then do it. Going back for Inej, trying to save her life, picking her up, puts him at a disadvantage. It makes him vulnerable. But he did it. And and he doesn't regret it either. There's not, like, a moment in his mind where he's like, oh, I wish I didn't do this. Or, oh, this is bad for the plan. Or, oh, or, you know, he doesn't think that. It's just his his focus is wholly on, I need to get Inej safe. She needs to be alive. I mean, he refuses to acknowledge it, though. Yeah. Because I think one of the moments where she's like, you came back for me, and he's like, I protect my investments. <laughs> Oh, Kaz. <laughs> oh, sweet dear Kaz. I mean, it's that moment, but it's also, like, kind of like the the aftermath of it. It's the fact that, you know, he he he's so aggressive. He's like, you're going to save her. Yeah. You know, she's she going to live. That. Mm-hmm. She, she will survive the night. She's not going to die from this. It's the fact that even though when they got to the boat, and Jesper, like, tried to, like, take an edge from Kaz, you know, to, like, help him, he was like, no. It's the fact that... After Inej wakes up, you know, and she talks to Nina, Nina says, yeah, Kaz realized that, you know, you were kind of, like, stranded. And, and Uman was like, huh, I stabbed the wraith, I stabbed the wraith. And he, he I think the, the phrase was, he killed enough bodies to paint a barn red. I'm sure like something that. like that. Something like that. Like, in my mind, he's just like, he's just like, Inej is in trouble. Yeah. Get out of my he way. He has tunnel vision yeah. right now. And while Nina is tending to Inej, Kaz goes on deck, and they captured the guy who stabbed Inej. <laughs> and Kaz, uh, rips his eye out. <laughs> so he's first just, like, trying to get information out of him. Yeah. Right? He's like, who sent you guys? You know, like, I know you guys aren't smart enough to do this. Like, who sent you? And it's like, oh, Becca Rollins. Right? But he only says that after, you know, he rips his eye out. Yeah. There's some uh, persuasion <laughs> involved. <laughs> and then, like, Kaz promises, like, if you tell us this information, you know, we'll send you on we'll send you on your way with, like, money in your pockets. But then, you know, after he gets his information, he kind of, like, lifts him up. And he's like, my wraith would counsel mercy. But because of you, she's not here to do that. <laughs> he just tosses it. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> just that... Okay, one, the raw power of the line. Yeah, said. the line. Kaz's one-liners, 
Holy crap. <laughs> this guy does not play around. He's so dramatic. Yeah, he is. <laughs> There's that. And just like, just his ruthlessness. Yeah. I mean, he just cut like a dude's eye out with an oyster knife. Yeah. Like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing wrong with it. It's just that's gross. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of did it also, one, because he stabbed an edge. Two, because the guy's spit in his eye. And he yeah. thought it was really, like, it was also gross. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, but like you said, it kind of like spurred on the rest of his ones because he, he like, Kaz knows he's being irrational. He's like, but why am I being irrational? Like, I think what he says is like, there's this white fire inside of him that's like flaming. He's like, I know I'm being irrational. I know I'm doing this. But he kind of knows why, but he doesn't want to acknowledge it. Because he's never really had to confront before not having Inesh there. And that's just always been a constant presence at his side. Even if he can't see her, she's always there. He knows she's there. And so I think for him to be confronted with the fact that he could so easily lose her, that then he suddenly is reevaluating. Well, not, it's, I mean, he's reevaluating himself, but he also doesn't like to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> like any thought he has, he's kind of like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Not happening. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> and for two days, Kaz really struggles finding a way to talk to Inesh. She wakes up, she's all healed, she's kind of taking a tour around the boat, and Jasper's talking to her, and Kaz just is trying so hard to think of things to say, or how to be even just normal, and he's really struggling with it. He's struggling so hard, to the point where he just kind of goes up to her, and he's like, okay, like, here's the plan. Like, can you do it? And Inej is like, you know I can do it, and you know I'm not going to say no, so why are you asking me? And it's just like, because I couldn't find an excuse to talk to you for two days. He's like, Inej, please just talk. I've been trying for <laughs> Which I think is funny because, not funny, which I think is interesting <laughs> because that's when, like, it's, it's, it's the thoughts that he doesn't want to have, but he's now admitting to himself that, I couldn't find an excuse to talk to you. Or when she, or when Inej asks him, what do you want, Kaz? And he's like, you, Inej. You. It's like those. That's when that starts. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a little crack in his mental foundation mm -hmm. and little liners like that that just made me go, ah! are seeping through. Exactly. Like, he's vulnerable with her. Yeah. Like, he tells her, oh, yeah, Pekka Rollins killed my brother, and that's why I freaking hate him and need to exact revenge. Yeah. Well, he's vulnerable in kind of the best way he can be. Mm -hmm. Well, kind of the only way. He can be. And by that I mean, like, he's barely vulnerable. <laughs> like, him talking about the plan is kind of it. <laughs> That's as much as he can manage. That's it. <laughs> but I think with Kaz and Inej, the thing that Leigh Bardugo does really well is that with Kaz and Inej, you know, when you're reading about them, when you're reading their scenes, you know, in your gut you're like, come on, just... Do something, just talk, just relate, just be vulnerable, just be emotional, just be there, say what you are actually feeling. And you get mad at the characters because they aren't doing that, but you're not mad in a way that you're annoyed with them. It's more so that you know this is who they are, and that by making you frustrated, they're staying true to who they are. Like, a, a Leigh Bardugo could so easily, at the end of the book, be like, oh, Cass and Inej kiss, because they suddenly healed... From all of their traumas. Just like that. Boom. And they da da da. But no, that's not the story. That's not the reality. They both have gone through so much that they need 
a lot more time and just a few words than that to completely rewire who they are. Like, yes. Physical intimacy is not an option for them. I mean, one, because cats can't touch people without, like, painting, throwing up, everything. Inej, she's a little bit better at it. She's She she has settled better, but that doesn't mean, like, her trauma isn't just as bad. Yeah. Because she was kind of forced to work in a brothel. Yeah. For a year. Yeah. Which, oof. Yeah. But, so I really commend Leigh Bardugo for that. For not rushing something... For, for giving something the proper amount of time and the proper amount of healing. Because it isn't instantaneous. And even though I wanted it really bad at the end of the book, it wouldn't have been good for Kaj and Inej to be together that way. No. It wouldn't have made sense to their characters Mm-mm. at all. And and through that, like, Leigh Bardugo creates an intimacy without touch. Yes. Which is my favorite kind. And at the end of the book, it's kind of like the beginning to their true arcs. Like, Kaz and Inej, they learn through this book. But to me, Six of Crows is more so the beginning of what they need to confront within within themselves. And the line that Inej says, I think, encapsulates that perfectly. How she's like, I will have you without armor, Cass, or I will not have you at all. Because it just says the journey he needs to go on, but also it says the journey she needs to go on as well. And I mean, we see that when, after Inej climbs the incinerator at the ice court, right? She finds kind of like her purpose. Because right now she was just, in the beginning of Six of Crows, you know, she, where was I going with this? Um, At the beginning of Six of Crows, she's just kind of like, one of the lackeys of the dregs. Like she just She's just jobs. trying to repay her debt. Yeah. Right? Like, there's nothing much else in life that's fulfilling her, though. No. There's something missing. And then she finds her purpose, right? And then there's that moment when they're on top of the roof and, you know, things have gone awry and they, like, they're not sure what they're going to do. Um, and then Inej is like, you know, like, we can sneak in with the menagerie. We can sneak in with the brothel that I used to work at. And Kaz knows... He knows, like, how how much of a toll that would take on her. So, yeah. like, he's concerned and everything. You see that with, like, his gazing. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But you also, like, they also have the moment when, like, they're about to, like, split up, you know. Like, and they're just talking to him. And, like, she puts, like, her hand on his cheek. Right? And he's, like, he tries really hard not yeah. to, like, flinch away. And she's, like, she knows. She's, like, I know he's doing his best, but that's not going to be enough. Yeah. Like, it's in that moment, like, when she, like, finds her purpose, she's like, I know what I'm worth, and I want this to happen, but if it can't, then I'm not going to let myself just settle for this. Yeah. Which I think is really great for her character. Really good for her character. Yeah. Like, I was really refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. I really, I think there's this one line where it's like, I know, I, like, I want to save you, but I'm not going to drown. For you, or something like that. Something like that. But at the end, when, um... I can't remember if Inesh says it or thinks it, but it's kind of like, say something, Kaz. She thinks it. Okay, she thinks it. She's like, say something or I'm just going to turn away right now and things won't have changed. And Kaz doesn't say anything. I was like, Kaz, freaking Brittany, <laughs> you better say something right freaking now. I'm going to freaking lose it. And he did it and I lost it. <laughs> but, oh, it's just the, the amount of vulnerability in these characters. Like that scene that, that you're talking about when they're on the boat on the way back to get their money, right? 
they have that moment and like Kaz is like I want you to stay with me like he admits it yeah. like Kaz Brecker is admitting to yep. this he's yep. like stay with me stay and cut her down mm-hmm. and he's like I, I want you Inej and she's like well then how will you have me yeah with our with our lips turned away so we never kiss and then all of that and like you know Kaz is just like oh like inner conflict he's like Maybe. <laughs> and that's when she says her line. She's like, I'll have you... What was it? I will have you without armor. I will not have you at all. Yeah, that one. That one. And, you know, but Inej, like, she, she feels something where she's like, say something. Say something and I'll stay. Yeah. But he doesn't. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really hard to read. <laughs> like, you enjoy reading it, but it's super hard to read. Just because you literally are screaming in your head, like, just say something, you fool. You fool. But also, at the same time, if he had said something, it wouldn't have been Casbrecker. It wouldn't have been Cas. It wouldn't have made sense to where he was in his development. And where he needs to go. Exactly. But it's, like, like you, like you love reading it because it makes you feel all these things, but those feelings aren't necessarily good things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want it to happen right now, but it can't. You and can't. I have to accept that. But I'm not going to accept that at all. No. So, overall, what did you think about the heist? You know, kind of the journey to fear, the having to go to the ice court, mm-hmm. having to rewrite a few plans, because a lot of stuff happens, a lot of things go wrong. How did you feel about it overall? And, like, what were some of your favorite specific events or moments? I really liked the way Leigh Bardugo wrote the heist because there were plot twists and like you probably saw them coming, but I didn't. Oh no, I no, I had no idea. Okay, <laughs> but I, I liked the way she set it up with like it's kind of like these steps. Like okay, we have to get here, then we're gonna get here, and like we're we're oh we're finally at the ice court, you know? And it's like oh, but things go awry. Like it's not going according to plan. Like you feel like oh no, what's gonna happen? Like. You know someone writes it well when, like, you have a feeling of, oh, I want to know what's going to happen next. Or, oh, I'm afraid of what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. That You're kind anticipating. Of yes. And I really, I liked the way she did that. Um, I didn't love the way it, not necessarily ended, but, like, the moments before it ended. The tank? <laughs> <laughs> a bit. So, I liked the way, uh, she had pretty good pacing throughout the whole thing. The one part that kind of, like, threw it off for me was when Kaz, um, Nina, and Matthias were trying to get Bully Buyer. But at the same time, Inej, Jesper, and Wylan are trying to get into the tank. Yes? I believe so. See, that that's the part that kind of gets fuddled for me. Oh, like a little, like, it's kind of hard to remember the details. Or it's like kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, like, know exactly what happened. Yeah. So, apart from that little part, though, like, I liked the way that she built it up and how things were twisting and turning and, like, oh, how are we going to get out of this? And just, like, I kind of liked the ending. Not the most between, before the ending, but the ending. But, like, you mean, like, Nina taking the drug yes. and taking out the soldiers and mm-hmm. them escaping and such? Yes. Ah, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, with the whole, like, heist part of the story, so probably, like, two-thirds, two-thirds yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Leigh Bardugo did a really good job, because you have to put a lot of thought 
into a heist mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. But a heist in a fantasy world, that's really hard. <laughs> I, that would not be easy, right? So I commend her for that. And I think she did it in of um, a really comprehensible way. Because it'd be really easy for people to kind of get lost in everything. One of my favorite parts was when they were sneaking into Fiera, like past one of the checkpoints, I think, in the wagon, mm. where um, they intercept that one prison coach and they chain themselves up inside of it in order to sneak inside to the um, ice prison, the ice court, sorry. And Kaz passes out. Because it just reminds him too much of his trauma. And that's where we kind of get his backstory where, you know, he had the plague and his brother and stuff stuff like that. One of the things I think Lady Bardugo did really well with her characters that this instance shows is she gave them weakness. Because when Cass passed out, I remember I was reading in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, What? He passed out? Kaz Brecker? What the heck made him pass out? What? What? Like, I I was really taken aback in a good way because you see him as this strong, formidable person, and yet I felt most for him when he had that moment of weakness. And so I really liked seeing that moment and uh, reading it in the past. <laughs> and overall, like, I think everyone kind of had a weakness or, like, something that they had to deal with internally as well as externally obviously the external is the heist and stuff now with the heist this isn't on Leigh Bardugo this is on me if you asked me right now to say sequentially and like with a good amount of detail of what happened in the heist I don't know if I could I think I could I I don't and like I said it's not Leigh's fault it's me. It's not It's not you, it's me. <laughs> Just because there's a lot going on. True. A lot of stuff happening and, like, a lot of things that go right. And not in a bad thing. Like, I didn't think there was too many things that go, went right. I don't, think, I don't think it was that. But I think I'd have to read it a lot to really, truly get a grasp on the events. It's probably why I can. <laughs> <laughs> um. I actually think one of my favorite moments of the heist was when they're actually when they're in the actual ice court, mm. and I believe we're in Kaz's perspective, and you know the guys are kind of separated from the girls in the prison because they're um, disguising themselves as prisoners, and there's the moment where they get taken to their cell. I know there's this guy who's kind of like sizing Kaz up because he's a cripple, and Kaz just is like he just, he <laughs> pops his his shoulder out of <laughs> out of place. Yeah. And he's like, just just that moment, one, just that Kaz's moment where he's just like, I have to make sure that, like, they don't bug us. It's also for me not to feel helpless. But it's also just, like, the thinking, right? Because before that, he, you know, the guards were searching him. They searched in his mouth. They found his lockpicks. And so they're like, oh, gosh, how are we going to get out now? And, like, Kaz is like, mm, here's what we're going to do. I planned for this, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Like, he's like, we're gonna, we sewed in, like, these little tablets inside of our skin to put into the, the, um, the bucket of waste, mm-hmm. human waste. <laughs> just in case you need a clarification. <laughs> just in case. To knock everyone else out. And then, just, that's when we discovered Jesper's a fabricator. Yeah. He's a Grisha mm-hmm. through this, because Kat's like, okay, do it. <laughs> Everyone's like, do, do what? what? And Jesper's like... 
<laughs> and then he makes like little lock picks out of the, the, the cell bars and I'm just like, oh my gosh, the thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like the thought process. That moment for me was like the most heist like. Mm. With like the tension of the fight, with like the the, the thinking of, oh, we're gonna sew this into our skin mm-hmm. and like this is where we discovered Jasper's a fabricator and Kaz knew it all along, but we didn't, he's putting it to to the test right mm-hmm. like that whole thing like yeah. I really liked that moment so you're like I can remember stuff like that well like okay I remember that prison part not it's not like I can't remember it it's just complicated <laughs> <laughs> um one of the scenes I really liked too with the heist was when Inez stole Tante Helene's Diamond. Netflix yeah <laughs> Netflix <laughs> <laughs> sorry neck neck list sorry <laughs> I know exactly why I said Netflix. It was because I was thinking of how to pronounce Tante. And I remember in the Netflix show, they <laughs> say Tante. So that's why I said Netflix. Sorry, I meant necklace. I thought that was like a good little revenge moment. I will say this, though. In the scene in the heist where Nina is captured by um, Matthias's kind of like higher up. Commander. Yeah, Commander. And the commander brings Matthias and he's like, I want you to kill Nina. You know, I'm like, he's not going to kill Nina. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, this whole book has been talking about their redemption. He's not going to kill her. So that was like the one part where I was like, come on. We all know he's not going to kill her. It's going to be okay. And it was. Yeah. yeah. It was. <laughs> I will say, though, with Nina, I did like that she had the power moment with the perim. I think it's how you bring the drug. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good moment. But also, at the same time, I'm like, okay, so you're telling me every other Grisha that's taking this drug is um, crazy, but that oh, Nina yeah, yeah. is likely not going to? Well, I think part of that, I actually thought about this. I oh. think part of that was she only took one dose. That's true. I think the, the other Grisha were given multiple. But I'm like, it's like, me, I, I see where you're coming from, though. It's like, why would she be able to when no one else was able to? Because it's to? literally been set up that, like, every single person who's taking this. Now, maybe if there was, like, another person who was like, yeah, I did get off it. I'd be like, okay, it makes sense I need to cook because other people have. But I'm like, in every instance, these people are going pretty crazy. <laughs> but Nina's probably going to be looking. I think that's also part of the reason why in the prologue we do see a heart render mm. under Jorda Pradem. Jorda Perem's influence. Mm-hmm. So, like, she was still aware of her surroundings, like, what she was doing, but she kind of went a little crazy doing it. So I think that was a good little foreshadow segue yes. explanation. Oh, yes. Mm. So maybe, but yeah, it's like, wh- why was she able to? I mean, not that she, not that it wasn't hard on her. Not, not that I don't want, not that I want her to die. <laughs> like, I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, she just so happens to. <laughs> but that was a really cool moment at the end when Kaz was like, hmm, yeah, well, I'm out of tricks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to say it. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the building up to that moment, right? Like, we see Jesper and Wylan and Inej, and they come... With the tank after, you know, Kaz and the rest of them almost drown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where Matthias is like, oh, sure, <laughs> let you die. <laughs> right? And then you're like, oh, joyous. And they can see this boat. And then, oh, no. Commander Asshole's here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nina's just kind of like, oh, no, I got this. Mm-hmm. In a sad way. <laughs> she takes the thing and she's just like controlling their bodies like a freaking bloodbender. Yeah, she's like. 
And but like Matthias like like makes her like you know hold back like hey, <laughs> let's chill. <laughs> These are people too. <laughs> but like low key badass. It's a badass. No, it was moment. badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cass <laughs> yeah, is like, hey, I've been carrying you guys this entire time. Can someone else pitch in? <laughs> I did think it was funny, though, whenever Kaz would be like, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, put a biscuit in this pocket. And everyone's like, what? And Kaz is like, you fools. You don't know about the biscuit in the pocket? <laughs> Idiots. Those are that's actually pretty smart, though. No, those were really smart. I, I'm, like, taking, I'm like, okay, how to steal replace with a biscuit? Like, Leia Bardugo had to think of all these things. Yeah, like, I, really... and I was curious. I was like, is this something that she thought of? Or, like, did she... I wonder if she researched maybe thieving tricks. Maybe. And then maybe, like, tweaked them a little bit. I was curious about that. I was like, how does she have such in-depth knowledge no, about thievery? No, I was kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was done well, yeah. Very heisty. Very heisty, indeed. Now, with the ending, 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 the Pekka Rollins are like the, the on the island. With Jan Van Eck. Okay, yeah, yeah, on the island. Where the six crows go to meet him. Not all of them. That's true. To get their money. Hard earned. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Jan Van Eck betrays them. What did you think about that whole scene? I was just kind of like, how did Kaz not see through this? But also, I didn't even see through it. I didn't it. see through it either, but I was like, but Kaz should have. Because <laughs> Kaz did everything. I think that was a good moment to kind of show like, oh wait, Kaz isn't invincible. He's not invincible. He's not a god. <laughs> <laughs> he may think himself as one. <laughs> I mean, it had a, that scene had a lot. I mean, it was the whole fact that Jean Manek was just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way... The Merchant Council isn't behind this. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pay 30 million Krug, eh? <laughs> I like how we both Krug, eh? <laughs> um, I'm going to use this Trader Prem and make myself the richest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. And Kaz is like, you double-crossed me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you learn the lesson in the first chapter of the book? <laughs> and so there's, there's that whole thing. Um... So it's that like he's he it's it's kind of like Jean Van Eck has the one up on Cass, but yeah. then like it's like Cass has the one up on Jean Van Eck. It kind of just goes back and forth. Cass is like, I will raise your one up, and Jean Van Eck is like, Well, I will raise yours. And he does that by hiding Kuwait, mm-hmm. who they say from the Ice Corp and etc. Um, by making Nina Taylor Wylan while she's on Jordan <laughs> because her powers are insane. <laughs> and he has this whole thing of. Oh, yeah, that's Wylan, by the way. That's not actually Kuwait. That's your son. <laughs> and he just has this whole thing of just, like, one-upping him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great to see. It's actually pretty funny. Well, one of my favorites is when Kaz is like, hey, this whole time I've actually had your son, Wylan Van Eck. And John's like, oh, you do? And Kaz is like, yeah, and I know you love him because you write him every week. He's in that boat over there. And Jan's like, well, guess what? I hate my son. <laughs> And I write him letters because he can't read. <laughs> and and he blows up the ship, thinking that Wyland's on it. But then Wyland, ho, 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 
like you said, was actually tailored to look like Kuwait. And Kuwait is standing by Kaz. And Kuwait, who is Wyland, is like, guess what, Dad? I know how much you hate me now. How does it feel to get double-crossed, double-crossed, double-crossed? <laughs> no, that's a good moment. It is. It is. It's also just because um, Kaz is like, hate to lose a bet. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You don't call me sentimental, but you know, I thought I never thought a father could be so callous to a son. Wyland warned me, but I never <laughs> thought it. I thought I would do it, but not you. Because <laughs> is like, right, now I have to adopt Wyland. Gosh. <laughs> so there's, well, that moment. Mm-hmm. There's that. But then you also have Jesper, who's kind of like, who doesn't know about this. Like, Kaz didn't tell him about the plan, and so he's really worried. He's like, how could you just kill your own son? Because, you know, he has feelings. Yeah, he likes he, he likes Wyland. Yeah. Ten-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so you see, like, the, the, the Wesper, you know? There's, mm-hmm. the, there's the Wesper things going on. There's also Kinej. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> there's a Kinej moments because... You know, after all, like, the one-upping is up, and, like, Jesper's like, oh, okay, that's not, Wyland's right there. After all that happens, you know, John Van Eyck brings the, the some Grisha under the prime, and he's like, okay, kill them all. And then Kaz is like, oh, really? Oh, really? You're going to kill us all? You're never going to figure out where Kuwait is? And then, and then Kaz does this one thing. Yep. He does this one thing. He's like, because John Van Eyck, he's like, he thinks about it. He's like, okay, kill everyone except for Kaz Barker. And then Kaz looks to Inej. Yeah. He had a plan in place to get them out of this situation. All he needed to do was keep his cool mm-hmm. and to look forward. But because of the power of love, he looked to his right. He looked to Inej. And then, and then John Manette caught it and he was like, get her. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then just all hell breaks loose. Yeah. All hell breaks loose. Like... Squallers are coming in and, like, grabbing a nash, and Kaz is, like, running towards yeah. her. She's beginning flown up in the air. Just for shooting. Yep. Matthias is freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias is like, there's so much crime. <laughs> oh, but just it's just that one moment where he looks to an edge, and you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's real. And, and I'm like, because I'm like, oh, he looked at an edge. I'm like, oh, crap, an edge. Because of that, she just got kidnapped. Because then Jan Vagnek is like, well, guess what, Brecker? I have her now. Peace. <laughs> like, I have her. You don't get your money. Yep. Like, get me quit your bowl within a week. Yep. Or else I'm going to torture her. Yep. Which is like, e. And then they go away and Kaz is like, oh, a new plan. Yeah. I have Kuei and Wylan as Kuei. <laughs> what am I going to do now? But I like how in the, in the last few pages, he's like, I'm going to go get my girl. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. What I love, what I love most about that moment <laughs> is that he's like, I'm going to go get my girl. And I think he says like, well, she can never really be mine. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you respect her. <laughs> and it's just the fact that like the very, very last chapter is in Pekarwan's yes. perspective. And it's Kaz coming up to him and asking and like selling him his shares mm-hmm. in the Fifth Harbor and the yep. Pro Club so he can get enough money to get an edge back. I love too how even though Kaz is giving up you know, all, everything he's loved and worked for in that moment too. Um, Pekka Rollins. <laughs> that he robs him at the same time. <laughs> I was like, that's my boy! There he is! Actually, I will say though, there was one part of the story that I didn't really understand 
Which one was that? And I, like I said, I don't think it's late. I think it's me. <laughs> Sometimes I miss things. I didn't know Ophelia died in Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. Like, sometimes I just miss it. Okay, so back in the ice court in prison, mm-hmm. we figure out that Pekka Rollins had tried his own attempt to steal Kuwait. Mm-hmm. And that when Kaz is in the prison sector, he finds Pekka Rollins in his cell. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Because then, there, like, it calls back to that at the end of the book because Kaz negotiated or he did something with Pekka in that cell. He, no, so Kaz let him go. In the cell. In the cell. But why? So that he could exact his revenge on him. Okay. Because he didn't want, he didn't want the Fieridans to kill him because he, he, he had a grudge with him. The whole brick by brick. The whole brick by brick. But then at the end of the book, it seemed like in the cell they had maybe made a deal or something. Or was it just that? that I think Kaz it was just that. spared him. Oh, okay. So Kaz spared him, so Pekka owed, owed him. Okay. And then at the end... So then, but if Pekka owed him because Kaz saved his life, then why at the end did Kaz give up everything he has to Pekka? Because even though he owed... Well, he's a... Pekka owns as a bad man. That's true. He's gonna be like, yeah, I kind of... I'm. A, he's like, he was like, I'm gonna allow this to happen. Okay. And I'm going to give you this money because I owe you. Okay. I think. Okay. Because that was one of the one of the things that I was like, okay, I think I maybe misread that. Misread I, I, that's what, that's, that's how I think. Mm. But you're right, though. I, I love the fact that Kaz goes to Pekka Rollins, okay? He's the man, he's, he's the most hate, the amount of hatred Kaz feels towards this man. He's the man that scammed him and his brother. Yep. Right. He goes to him, sells everything he's worked for, for an edge. He still robs him. (laughs) (laughs) Not even for, it's not like Pekka had something that Kaz needed. It was just a pure power play. (laughs) Like, even Pekka's like, he stole the ring off my finger. (laughs) Like, maybe he is more dangerous than I think he is. Yeah, all of a sudden he's like, okay, I gotta reevaluate some things. (laughs) Oh, such a good moment. I think that's what Leigh Bardugo did really well in this book, too, is that, you know, even if in some areas you're kind of left a little unsatisfied, like with Kaz and Inesh, because there's still, like, a lot of things that have to be said mm-hmm. and done, she really fulfills you in other ways, though. Like the Pekka Rowling scene. <laughs> the fact that he robbed. I loved that so freaking much. I was like, that is so petty. That is so... <laughs> I just loved it so much. <laughs> The one scene that really gets me is when they're in the ice court and they have to strip down, you know, because they have to, like, shower and get, you know, get into the new clothes. And, like, Jesper's like, oh, gosh, I was in a room with Kaz Brecker fully naked and I didn't appreciate it. And I was like, oh. Or the funniest part of that is that uh, Jesper looks at Kaz's hands just to see if any of the rumors are true. And Kaz is like, keep looking. It's like, what were you expecting? Oh, I loved that. I so love the, the humor. The humor. There. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, it's it's all over. It's all over Tumblr, I think, where it's like, um, what's the best way to rob a man? It's like, knife to the throat, poison him, or like, gun to his head, and Ty's like, you're all horrible, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's those moments. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Matthias, you're so innocent. <laughs> you won't be for a while. <laughs> you won't be. Though I really, speaking of Matthias... 
Like, I really did like his character. I did like Matai. He's just, he's just a good guy. He's, <laughs> he's trying his best. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't want to betray my country. But he's like, but I want to earn back my honor. You like, must, he's never Zuko. lost your honor. What? He's Zuko. He's Zuko. Even though I don't really know much. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. But see, the thing about Matthias is that his whole character is, like, he grew up in in a culture that hates that persecuted <laughs> another race yeah. right and like he's kind of like coming to, he he he's in constant conflict between what he's what he's been taught and what he's learning which I, I love to see that I love to see like that conflict but he's also just like really within that conflict but you also see that he has a good heart and he has morals and he has all of this and so just just to see that kind of like complication in his character I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love. I loved the complex. I loved just the texture of it. <laughs> the texture, yeah. <laughs> and I loved. To just, I mean, that's probably one of the aspects that I liked about Matthias and Nina's relationship is that he was learning to unlearn what he was taught. Mm-hmm. He was gaining a greater perspective, and he was open to it. I think arc wise, I really liked. Um, well, I guess okay. I guess. Crow-wise, I really liked learning certain aspects about every person. So with Kaz, I liked learning his backstory because, again, I liked seeing that moment of weakness. And similarly to that, I liked learning about Wyland's weak... weak, Well, I guess weakness. I I don't... Wyland shows that it's not weakness, that he can't read. Yeah. You know, it shows that he has so so many more abilities and he has so many more strengths than he thinks he has. I like that in that moment it showed that, you know... Just be, reading doesn't determine everything. There are different types of intelligences, and he learns that, or he's beginning to learn that. And I really like that. Again, it's just that little moment of vulnerability or, you know, weakness, or like a character showing something they're insecure about, and then them learning to overcome it. That I just really like because I think it's really sweet. She really did. Or like with Jesper, right? He's like this, he's the flirty, the charming, the funny guy, but he's also addicted to gambling. And, you know, that's his downfall, and he knows it, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to admit it or the fact that he's Grisha and he doesn't want to admit it because he was raised not to. Yeah. And him just like learning through all of that. And you, you really feel for the characters. <laughs> and you know that he, he knows that he's kind of addicted to gambling and he's kind of disappointed in himself because he thinks other people would be disappointed in him. And so you get why he kind of hides it, but also it's kind of something that he... You get the sense he's going to have to confront. Because I don't want to say he confronts it in this book. I think he, like, he thinks it. Or, um... I mean, I think the only person who kind of stays mainly the same to me is Nina. Yeah. Like she kind of is who she is at face value. Like, there wasn't right... Like, with Inej, I loved, like, Inej's little quirks with her, um, Suli Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked seeing her backstory, too, about how she was a performer with her family, and, like, I liked seeing those lessons and how those pleasant lessons play into her being the wraith and how religion affects her lives and different things like that. But with Nina, there wasn't anything specific that I was like, oh, I really liked learning that about you and that sounds bad I don't but like Afi's value she's a Grisha loyal to her country she's a soldier she's a flirt and that kind of is it to me a little bit she likes waffles but they all kind of like waffles (laughs) (laughs) yeah Nina didn't have 
as complex a character as the other ones were. Or as the other ones had. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically with Inej, I honestly think she's probably the probably the most well-written character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Simply because you do see her background as an acrobat and with her family. You know, she's she comes... She's a person of color as mm-hmm. well, which representation, what up? <laughs> um, and we see that, and we also see, you know, how she is religious. But we see also see, like, even after she was in the brothel and, like, that whole thing with um, Tante Helene in the menagerie, how she still believes in her gods. You know, she's still, like, she... It's like she's fighting to keep her happiness, her her beliefs and everything, all of those things, like, she's fighting to keep those and she's fighting to survive. She's fighting to um, gain a better life. Because I think in even one chapter, I mean, I'm not for sure if this is in the book or this is just my interpretation of her, but I thought that maybe in the book there was something about Anesh saying that she was fighting to not lose herself. Something like that, yeah. Like, that even though it was easier to survive in this world by letting yourself go and of your morals and such that it's easier to survive that she didn't want easier she wanted to keep to who she was yeah i mean it's just like those scenes like when Cass sends her to the crow club to fire the the guy who's skimming money you know um he's just kind of he's just he's a bigger guy right and you know she was friends with him but you know he 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 seems more intimidating towards her like trying to do something and she's like no I'm not gonna take this yeah you know she she punches him with like brass knuckles <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's her like she knows she's on the smaller side mm-hmm. you know she's she's had all these things happen but she's not gonna let that bring her down and I love like the way that Leigh Bardugo wrote her I just I love her I, she's probably my favorite character. she's just always confronting her fear or herself I think with Nina, I just, I didn't feel anything as personal or as intimate as that. I think with every other character, there's, like, a really true deep moment where it's like that character was really showing themselves to me. I just didn't have that quite with Nina. I don't know, I, I haven't read King of Scars or anything. I read the full Shadow and Bone series a really long time ago, so I don't know what parts she plays in those stories. I, I don't, don't know. think she's in that story. Oh, she's not? I don't oh, think never so. Mind. So I don't know, like, in those different series, if she has more growth or, like, a role or maybe she's better seen in those stories. But just in Six of Crows, I just didn't truly deeply connect with her in that way. I didn't either. I mean, I still like her. Yeah. And I still like the part that she played, you know, in her interactions with the other characters. But individually, I just didn't think that she was quite up to the... The level of the other characters. Yeah. To me, her identity was more so her relationship with Matthias. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of her backstory depended on that. And I know there's the one scene where, um, on the way to the ice court, they're kind of walking, like, the Icelands, and Nina, they come across dead Grisha, mm-hmm. and Nina wants to bury them. And she has the memory about how she was even captured originally when she first met Matthias, and it's because she kind of has a yearning to help people or, you know, she's a soldier. She, I, and I understand that. I just, it wasn't quite enough for me. Yeah, I kind of wish that Labor Duo kind of, like, gave Nina more. 
yeah. to her backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, like, where she came from, not necessarily her backstory with Matthias, but just, like, where she came from. Because any aspect I was told about Nina seemed to have more so a link to Matthias. Like, we only heard about how she was captured because she was captured by Matthias. Like, I, she didn't necessarily stand on her own to me. Yeah, I, I liked... I liked the fact that she was she was patriotic to her country. Yeah. And I like the fact that like the dead Grisha like really bugged her and the the scene where she takes a Jota Prem and you know it enhances her abilities. I liked that I liked those scenes because it was solely her. Yeah. It was her thinking. Mm-hmm. And I wish we had more of those. Yeah. If you had to rate the crows least favorite to most favorite, how would you do it? I'm going to start with the most favorite. Okay. Inej, Kaz, Jesper, Matthias and Wyland are the same. Mm. Nina. Ah. For me, actually, okay, it's kind of funny because in my head I've gone, okay, who do I like more, Kaz or Inej? And I'll choose one, but then I go, wait, 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 wait. wait." (laughs) (laughs) So for first place, I will say Kaz and Inej Mm -hmm. because anytime I choose one, I go. (laughs) Second place, I'll go Matthias, then Jesper. Ooh. Wylan, and not just, uh, he just didn't have, like, the biggest part in the story. Yeah. And then Nina. I'm surprised that you put Matthias in front of Jesper. I think we get, like, uh, we don't get as much on Jesper in this book. True. So, like, in Six of Crows, by itself, I'd pair it like that. <laughs> that one scene where he's just like, I didn't appreciate Casper fully naked, just like really like sent him <laughs> to the top for me. I was like, yes. Uh, what could have played with that for me is I thought it was a pedophile half the time. <laughs> yeah, that probably would do I, it. I was like, why is this not a bigger issue? Can't someone be like, hey, he's 10, <laughs> Jesper. all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh, happens. If you made it this far, get ready for some bloopers. Okay, I'm gonna start a different way. Sorry, it's been so long, so I can't even remember his name. That's what I was trying to think of. Juiced! Oh, I thought you were just saying juice. I thought you just went, juice! I was like, I don't think we have any. Explains herself twice, which I'm like, I, I know the issue here. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if it was something like, you know, Matthias, sorry, I call him Matthias, I know it's Matthias. I'm sure I've switched back and forth throughout this whole thing. There's a TH, okay? I was in speech <laughs> class. I learned that meant, okay. <laughs> I spent two years there.
Um, I kind of would like that would be kind of be the worst though. Delectic? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dragon pox. That's infernal devices. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> I messed you up with the hair balls. Um, the body's like, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> human body's freaking weird, man. Milk comes out of us. Like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that off a of Pinterest post. I can't I can't trust myself sometimes. I can't remember if like the joke came from a Pinterest post or if I am that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize until you told me the story of that one Bible guy. Samson. Oh, yeah, yeah. How much Rapunzel was like that? <laughs> Rapunzel is just a parody. No, it's a ripoff of Samson. Copyright. <laughs> Infringement. No, because you were like, his power comes from his hair. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, sounds a little similar to Tangled. You're like, a girl cut it off and he lost all his power. I was like, okay. <laughs> Flynn Rider did the same thing. I'm She's sorry, like, <laughs> if I was on the battlefield, <laughs> <laughs> and I saw just, like, ahead, I just see a bunch of bodies flying, I'm like, what the heck, it's gotta be like a war elephant or something, <laughs> and it's just a guy <laughs> with the jawbone of a donkey, I'd be like, <laughs> Do we surrender? <laughs> like, if I was going to use the animal bone of anything, which I'm not inclined to, <laughs> like, I'd want, like, an elephant tusk. Or, like, a pterodactyl beak. <laughs> Charasca. <laughs> or jawbone is an idiophone percussion instrument. <laughs> Hey guys, listen to my beat. So this is probably the equivalent of fighting someone with a guitar. <laughs> There's that, Regina Spector has a song about Samson. That's why I know it exists. Who's Regina? Oh. <laughs> Regina Spector, she's um, a she's ghost. A Russian <laughs> Little Miss Muffet. Oh. When I was uh, I was like ten. I ate, like, half of a cottage cheese thing. I was like, eh, this kind of tastes weird, but I just kept eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, like, two weeks expired. Oh, no. So I was sick for the rest of the day. My mom was like, you, it tasted weird, and yet you can't eat it. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm not about to let it go waste. <laughs> also, it didn't help that I had to go to speech class. Because <laughs> I couldn't pronounce anything right. <laughs> I was in speech class, and I remember because I actually really liked going to that, but they didn't let me go anymore oh. <laughs> because I spoke English oh, all no. <laughs> See, I was in there for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled me out of the class and be like, Taylor, it's time for speech class. And I'd be like, bye, bitches, I'm about to give goldfish. <laughs> so I'd go there and we'd make up like little board games or we'd play goldfish and they'd be like, okay, Taylor, before you have your turn you have to say throttle really hard because <laughs> i couldn't do r's th's or w's uh, and so i'd be like throttle she's like oh you can't go <laughs> <laughs> you got it wrong. 
And then the next one, she'd be like, okay, say, race car. And I'd be like, race car. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was actually fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> that actually sounded really real, though. Oh, thank like, you. I also almost like contamination. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I almost said, I'm Kami. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I'm Taylor. <laughs> I was like, am I? Who am I? <laughs> I just, I wish like when you got out of high school that there was maybe a little app on your phone, like a radar that tracks when someone you know is coming in your vicinity. That way you can GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your job, you know, as a youngest. You bring the comedy and maybe just like a little bit of irritation. <laughs> <laughs> it's my role in life. It's like, my career. <laughs> Juice. <laughs> Your body's trying to tell you something. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> No, I just wanted to be like Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> oh, baby, when you talk like that, <laughs> you make a woman go mad. <laughs> Why do I sound like a Muppet? <laughs> if, I, if I was Catholic, I'd confess the weirdest things to them. <laughs> you know, I think the hardest part with shark movies is that usually about 10 minutes in, I'm rooting for the shark. <laughs> I almost said, I'm Kami again, by the way. <laughs> Like beep beep bo bo beep, but not. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the twentieth episode of Kiwi and the Bird. If he was green, he would die. (laughs) (coughs) If only people knew (laughs) how long it takes us just to get here. (laughs) It's been, what, about an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Don't itch it. It's really itchy. Don't do it. Okay. You son of an itch. (laughs) 